You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hold one, Andre! Don't tell me! Welcome to Hit the Books Review AEW Revolution. Uh, I am Ryan Nightseen. With me, as always, is who is it? I'm throwing it. I'm throwing it. I'm throwing it to you, Ryan. Who's? Do, do we have a special guest? No, it's not a special guest. It's you, my friend. You're me? my special guest. Hi, I'm Mikey Manfredi. How's everybody doing? Oh my god, this intro is falling apart uh, immediately. Yeah, was, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that was rough. Oh my god! Well, we're starting. We'll, let's start over. And three, two, one. AEW <laughs> Revolution. I am your host, Ryan Knight. Seeing with me, as always, is Mikey Man Freddy. Yeah, you don't. You don't get any special intros because this isn't the proper uh, hit the books podcast. Oh, it's not. It's like you don't even care about me anymore. Yeah, when it comes to reviews, I don't care about Mikey anymore. He's just. He's just like here as well. Uh, he's not a special guest. He's just here. He showed up today. So did I. So did I, I guess. Uh, no, that's a bad energy to have on an opening of a podcast. Let's start over. AEW Revolution. <laughs> I'm your host, Ryan Nightseen. With me, as always, is... Mikey Man Freddy for the third time. <laughs> for the three-peat dog. Oh, he shoots. He misses. Uh, <laughs> I wonder which one of those all. we're going to go with. All of them. Anyways, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for... <laughs> Listening to this special review of All Elite Wrestling's Revolution pay-per-view took place out of Chicago, uh, Illinois, in the Wintrust Arena. Mikey and I both watched it. Uh, Mikey, why don't you give me some overall thoughts on the pay-per-view this weekend or past weekend? I think, all in all, this was probably their best one yet, in my eyes. Whoa. It was definitely the one I have enjoyed the most so far. Uh... I think every match delivered to a certain extent that was very good and I that I very much enjoyed watching. Um, I mean, there was, there was some stuff I expected a little bit more out of, but that's not to say the matches still didn't deliver. And I thought every match was good to, good to great, and there was no bad ones, I don't think. Yeah, I would I would largely agree. I I don't know if personally it's my favorite um pay per view, but it's still I think the it's not the problem, but it's just like all of the pay per views are like really good, yeah, to, to amazing. So it's like really tough to even be like I don't know. But uh, <laughs> all right, AEW, yeah, like, here's a pitch: you got to do one bad one. <laughs> No, All these I, good what, ones are getting ridiculous. We can't. It's it's getting too hard to pick a a, a a favorite. Well, like I'll even say that like it's. So to, to, to take an example to to sadly dunk on another brand, uh, NXT Takeover. A lot of people would say that last NXT Takeover, um, in Portland 
was yes. amazing. Was say, said that it was like the best NXT takeover ever. I'm still I'm still uh, trying to watch that. I still need to get my get get behind that. I wanted to to watch that because I heard it was amazing, and I really want to see it for myself. It's amazing. And I highly recommend watching each match individually, like a week apart. <laughs> okay. Because I sat down and watched all three hours back to back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. all those matches. And so much, it's like, man, this match is really good. This match was also really good. Th- this match is okay. This match is also very good, kind of similar. And it it's it became this issue where it's like every match was amazing and had these very big emotional weighty stakes and everything and you're like personally I was getting like bored by the time we got to the Champa Gargano not well, Champa Cole match mm-hmm. where it was just like okay this is the same thing I've sort of seen already for the past three hours um, and and it's like a weird thing to make an issue about. But the reason I'm saying this is that is all the wrestling's revolution, uh, all of it like top down. It felt like a good pay per view. There were some stuff that like weren't like amazing, but mm-hmm. I think what it does, what Revolution or all Elite wrestling does uh, at the its best at its peak is that it makes it a variety show. So the style of wrestling it, from a Jake Hager Dustin Rhodes match is completely different to a than s- a Pac Orange Cassidy match or a Sammy Guevara. Darby Allen match, yeah. It, it the variety of wrestling, or or even uh, MJF Cody Southern style wrestling match. It's like the style of wrestling is one hundred percent different. It's not the same exact thing. So you know, some stuff could be it, some like everything's like at least good, but it just comes down to maybe my my personal taste. Mm-hmm. That's but yeah, fair. that's how I felt about Revolution. Again, amazing pay per view. Um... I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I got to look back and like the first one was really good. Double or nothing. Yeah. 2019. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into it. Let's get to the card of AEW Revolution, Mikey. Um, we're going to start off. Uh, the format of this show is going to be we're going to do the semi main, which, of course, was Pac versus Orange Cassidy first. And then we'll go back up to the top of the card, starting with that buy in match Dark Order SoCal Uncensored. And then, you know, Hager, Rhodes, Darby, Sammy, yada, 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 mm. all the way back down to the AEW World Championship match of Moxley versus Jericho. Mikey, are you ready? Yeah. Well, let's start it off with that semi-main. It is Pac defeated Orange Cassidy uh, with the Brutalizer submission hold in 13 minutes exactly. Mikey, you're a huge fan of Orange Cassidy. I know this for my heart. I am also a big fan of Orange Cassidy. This is one of this was my potential match of the night going into this. Mm-hmm. Um, this my my dark horse match um, of the night. Uh, and Mikey, what were your thoughts on it? My thoughts on this were it if that Buck Wild tag team match didn't happen tonight, this would have been the match of the night in my eyes. Whoa, wow! Uh, but that tag team match was bonkers and we'll talk about that later uh but in my eyes this was definitely second on the list of the best matches because i think i I, okay i will i will admit i am a little biased because orange cassidy but i do think this match was everything it needed to be for both of them i think it was everything Mm -hmm. it needed to be for cassidy to show off that he can actually go if he fucking needs to 
and it shows and it was good for Pac because Pac get, Pac really sold the like the shock of it well where he where when Orange Cassidy started trying. Like mm-hmm. I think I think Pac winning was the correct choice. Yeah. But I do think he he definitely made Orange Cassidy look like a goddamn star. And Orange Cassidy made himself look like a goddamn star. And it just showed everybody what he could really, really do if he actually tried. And I'm glad we finally got the match where we got to see Orange Cassidy really try in AEW for the first time. It was great. Yeah, this was a uh, a very solid match. Um, I, I was saying online um, that this match, I felt that like could have been very similar, if you've seen it before, uh, to the Orange Cassidy versus David Starr match. Right, I've seen Beyond that match. Wrestling. Right, I've seen that match three times by now. I'm talking to the listeners, oh, my dude. I was like, I, I thought you were talking God, to me, and so, I was like, of course I've seen that so match. So egotistical. He's like, oh, you're talking to me. Uh, no, I, I thought it was. I thought it had a potential to be very similar to that match. And whereas I don't know if it necessarily lived up exactly to that match. And granted, I think you know that match helps because it's got like blood and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, this match again was very, very good, very, very solid. It, like you said, it was exactly what it needed to be. Pac coming out there, being the the goddamn bastard that he is. Um, you know, just trying to wreck Orange Cassidy shop in. Orange Cassidy getting those hope spots, getting those surprise like, oh, he's trying. He's oh my god, he's su- succeeding. Um, oh my god, he's, he's doing Cassidy, stuff. He's doing things. He's it's like it wasn't like the the perfect Orange Cassidy match. You know, we're missing we're, we're missing some like other some key spot moves. I don't know. We're missing I that think, orange juice. I think yeah, I think we did have a lot of good comedy spots in that match though. Even though like Orange Cassidy did try like. One of my favorite parts is when every time Pac got on the top rope, Orange Cassidy just rolled to the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's part. Of, I think I think Orange Cassidy is like. It's going to be weird to say. I think Orange Cassidy has left a lot more in the tank than he put out there. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like I I can see this match maybe happening again, which I would and love. It really going. It, it it just I don't know I, I can just see it re- happening and just really going really going for OC it. versus Pac uh, rematch tonight on Dynamite let's do it baby. My question would be like where where do we go with Orange Cassidy like uh, you know like is he getting like a title shot event I mean he lost so I guess not anytime soon but like who who is Orange Cassidy going to defeat first? It, I, I feel that's why I feel know. like we gotta have a we gotta have another Pac match. I, I like I like the idea of Pac being this guy that's like obsessed with records and obsessed with um uh you know having that 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 uh triple match you know, what's that having that trilogy mm-hmm. like having that rubber match I, I like the idea of them doing a ru- a run back of this match and Orange Cassidy getting the win and then Pac being like I want a rematch and it's like we get another Iron Man match. I like I like the idea of Orange Cassidy being like a stain on Pac's record like he's like okay like yeah. you see you see like you see like Kenny Omega on there it's like yeah duh you see John Moxley on there it's like yeah okay that makes sense and then you see Ar- and then Orange Cassidy's on that defeat list and it it it's got to be killing him right. Mhm. Mhm. I that's I, that's why I, I can't wait. I think that's the potential of an Orange Cassidy character is just the blemish 
on our, on our, the record books, uh-huh. for lack of a better word. But I thought this match was great. I thought it was very solid, very solid semi-main. Like you said, it was like way more fun. Um, it was it was great. It yeah. was great. It, it for obviously it wasn't my match of the night, but it ended up still being an amazing match. For me, it was very um, close. I'll say that. Yeah, I gave this uh, uh, three stars, three meatballs out of five. Mikey, what would you what did you give? It? I gave this one four meatballs out of five. I thought it was very fun, very good. I was popping and I was laughing, and I was very hyped that he tried, and I was just really into this one. Were you popping and locking, or were you just popping? Uh, a little bit of locking went on. <laughs> a, a tad bit just, of Just locking. a little bit. <laughs> just a smidge just of locking. A, just a smidgen of locking. Okay, well, let's get into the... Let's go back up the card to the buy-in, Mikey, which, of course, was Dark Order, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson taking on SCU, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Um, of course, SCU ended up getting the victory. Oh wait, my mistake. Like, I do I remember this correctly? Dark Order got the victory. Good one, Ryan. Over SCU, you had two choices and you even, missed. <laughs> I barely remembered. Uh, nine minutes and twenty five seconds uh, after the match. Of course, Colt, uh, Dark Order got the beat down on SCU. Colt Cabana made the save, but eventually, I guess, didn't really make the save. He made sort of a save. Pop uh, announced that he is signed. Um, does Colt Cabana have went, is this like I pretty this is like, like third contract right what what, what do you mean isn't, isn't he, no isn't he under contract with like two other promotions as well like I thought he had no his his ring of honors expired okay um that expired a couple maybe like a month or two ago at like in maybe around the new year mm-hmm. and then he also works for NWA uh, which I don't know how much he's going to be doing, you know, moving forward. And then uh, he works for New Japan as well as a, but New Japan has like weird contracts. The stuff. Forbidden Door uh, has been opened. New Japan by has Colt a situation Cabana. where it's like, well, New Japan has a situation where like most of their roster are not signed to contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why like Lance Archer is being signed to AEW is because he was never signed to New Japan. Uh, there's like wrestlers in New Japan, like Sonata, who's like really high up there and one of their most popular guys. He's not signed to a contract. Interesting. WWE can sign him to a contract tomorrow, hmm. uh, and he just jumps ship immediately. Um, so their very situation is different. But I would not be surprised if Colt Cabana is one of those guys that has, you know, New Japan uh, door open clause or whatever. Yeah, it, it seems uh, like it. It seems like he he can kind of. It feels like Colt Cabana could do whatever the fuck Colt Cabana wants. <laughs> it's also weird to think that if, I mean, just thinking about it, if the New Japan Cup did happen, and it, you know they didn't cancel half the card, pretty much the entire event mm-hmm. because of the you know coronavirus worry in Japan, um, would he even have been at this show? Uh, and I'm thinking probably not because he was scheduled to be in the New Japan Cup. I think he was actually in the first show, um, so and I, which the first show I believe was March 1st. So he would not have been able to make this if he, that New Japan Cup did happen. I believe. Uh, so that's very fun to think about. Interesting. Uh, but of course, Colcabana, uh, he got beat down by the Dark Order, and then uh, the Exalted One appeared. Just kidding, it wasn't the Exalted Exalted One? It was Christopher Daniels. Uh, and he got the beat down. Christopher Daniels loves SCU. getting in disguise, huh? He's like Chris Jericho. He loves, he loves, yes, yes. 
Christopher Daniels walked so Chris, people, Chris Jericho can run, I people guess? Name, I pe- it's just something about people named Chris in disguises, man. They love it. Uh, SCU stand tall. Uh, Mikey, thoughts on this tag match? Oh, it was fine. It did what it needed to do. I don't think the hype was in the match, though. I think the more, more of the hype came from possibly getting a reveal of the Exalted one. So I think that's kind of what dragged, what brought everybody in. Um, like, that, like, it, like, I like this feud, but it's not because I want to see these two guys fight. It's because it's, I want to see, is Daniels going to turn on SCU? Is Daniels going to join Dark Order? Who's the exalted one? Like, that's why I'm more interested in this feud. Like, I, like, I knew the match was going to be just fine if it happened, and it was. Um, I don't think it was anything absolutely, like, blow me out of the water, but it was good. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, the idea that, like, this this match was going to be, like, a fine match, especially since it was on the Mm buy-in. It was just going to be, like, a fine, okay match. But really, the question leading up to it was whether or not, was the story surrounding it. Whether or not, you know, Christopher Daniels is going to turn his back on SCU. Whether or not the Exalted One's going to appear. Uh, You know, all of those sort of story beats were more important, were the more looming aspect to this match. It wasn't about, like, it wasn't about, like, let's say the other tag match, the tag title match, where it was like, that was, that one had story, but we're but also that, expecting, like, a amazing Yeah, that match. one was about the match as well. That one, everyone was like, I can't wait to see this match. It's going to be great. But everyone, with the with this Dark Order storyline, I feel like there's more focus on the story instead of the matches, you know? Yeah, I, I've had issue with I mean, everyone's had issue with Dark Order in the past. Um, I, I, I feel like we have... I used... Like, Dark Order in the beginning, you know, back in, like, the Fight for the Fallen Fighter Fest, uh, when they were just, like, sort of establishing and they were showing off the wrestling a lot, I was like, man, I'm I'm behind this team. I thought they felt great. And then, obviously, with the whole s- story change, which made it fun, I, I felt that wrestling hasn't been as great uh I, I feel like they've been like okay i i don't know where i stand with dark order anymore mm-hmm. i right now it's just like right now i'm afraid that there's in a situation where it's like if they don't live up to the hype of who the exalted one is i'm afraid of like it will disappoint mm-hmm. i mean who knows because i i basically trust aew with my life at this point yeah. so i trust whatever they do is going to be good but you know I, i'm just sort of like Man, I I don't know what they're doing. I mean, we got Alex Reynolds and John Silver in that group, which they're also a great tag team, but like the whole point like okay, the whole point of Dark Order is like to be a be a loser. It's to be join a, Dark to Order. Become a winner. That's the idea, right? Yeah, join Dark Order and become a winner. I have not seen I think I think since joining Dark Order Alex Reynolds and John Silver have had maybe one match, maybe two, and they've lost both of them. <laughs> I was about to say, can't lose if you don't get into matches. That's true, but I was like, you gotta give, if you join, to me it's like, if, you, if you're a loser, and then continue to lose. Then why stay the, in Dark the, Order? Why stay in Dark Order? If you, if, if you join in Dark Order... Then you need to go on this massive run. You know, if, if Brandon Cutler joins Dark Order, then he needs to dominate AEW Dark. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he needs to start winning consistently. Yeah. Um, I think... So, I think that... 
it might be, be they might be doing it on purpose, and that after the reveal of the Exalted One, I think Dark Order might get more powerful. That might be true. Just like hold off the power, hold off the pushes yeah, until the and then the Exalted One arrive. shows up, and then the winning starts happening. That's true. Yeah, I thought this match was good. Like you said, I'm, we're, the story here is more about like who the Exalted One's going to be, all the hype surrounding it. Mikey, who's your pick? Um, um, it's obviously not Christopher Daniels. It's not Colt Cabana. M- unless any of these people could just be like, JK, uh, and then join the Dark Order. So, if we're talking about disappointing reveals, my pick is Rowan Spider. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! <laughs> wow, what a pick! And he's got many eyes. There you go. Spiders have a lot of eyes. He's got a lot of eye gimmicks. Oh my um, god! But for real, I don't like. I don't think I have a real pick. I just think I know who I want it to be, and I think it's who they've been teasing the most, and that's Matt Hardy. Yeah, Matt Hardy feels like the the, the shoe in. Mm-hmm. Um, my outside pick is Brody Lee. That could be uh, cool. Formerly known as Luke Harper. I think that would be awesome. He's got the whole eye gimmick shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Wednesday. You know what that means? Time to uh, get a bunch of losers to join the call. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Um, I'm not going to do this screen because uh, that's this... hell. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, that's my eardrum hell <laughs> as well. Uh, I gave this match a 2.75 out of 5 meatballs. Mikey, what did you I give? I gave it a 2.5 uh, out of 5 meatballs. I thought it was just fine. Okay, moving right down the card, we have Jake Hager defeating Dustin Rhodes by submission. That submission hold, I forget what it is off the top of my brain, but I remember that it was the same submission hold that he used to win his matches in Bellator. Mm-hmm. So we got some nice cross-promotion kind of this, uh, shoot-style This stuff. is the second victory um, of the night where someone passed out due to a submission hold. Oh, that is correct. That is correct. Which is interesting. Um, I like it. I like the idea that submissions aren't somebody tapping out. It's somebody just <laughs> fucking passing out in the ring. And the ref has to be like, well, all right, I guess I can't fight anymore. Yeah, it, like, protects the other guy, Yeah, a little right? bit. We're, we're protecting Dustin Rhodes to a certain extent, I guess. Yeah. He it, didn't give yeah, up. Know, it's so weird. He just kind of, yeah, his body this, did. This match was uh, weird. <laughs> for me it was fine uh you know it was like it was like okay jake hager trying to be like a dominating force but it never really entirely clicked for me because it's also dustin Rhodes and he's old so i guess like it's not impressive i don't know that's maybe a dunk on dustin Rhodes, but it's like i don't know how i felt about that spot where uh dustin kissed hager's life i thought that was fucking weird I, I was just I was just about to say that that was weird. I didn't like that. I was uncomfortable by yeah, it. Yeah, I saw. I, uh, 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 no, I, yeah, I was not a fan of that. This match never really clicked for me. That spot was weird. This match, especially opening the pay per view, I felt that this match was. weird. I think I think this match would have highly benefited if the if the two opening matches switched. Yes, I would agree with that. It, it that seemed it seemed like such a weird decision to have Dustin Rhodes and Jake Hager. I get it. Maybe it was like a heated rivalry of Dustin, you know, getting his arm broken by Jake Hager, and it was the debut of Jake Hager. Mm-hmm. This is a guy we're supposed to be putting over as this huge monster, which is why he got the win. But I, it was just weird. 
I don't know. I, Jake Hager was never that most impressive guy in uh, WWE. And, you know, now he's here and he's like, okay, And cool. he still wasn't um, very impressive. Yeah, he still wasn't was, very impressive. My, my brain was just like, it's going to be Jack Swagger, but with a little more MMA. Yeah, it, and that's what it was. And that's what it was. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what – it just nothing very clicked here. You know, I don't know where – you know, we keep Jake. I, I always, I don't know. I like Jake Hager more as just the silent brooding bodyguard type. I don't necessarily want to see him wrestle. I don't think he necessarily needs to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we, let's let's give him a match, I guess, that opens a pay-per-view where uh, my opponent kisses my wife. Yeah, that was definitely um, weird. Also the, also, the fact that he kept kissing his wife was also weird. The, 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 the whole inclusion of his wife was just weird in this match. Yeah, that was definitely like someone. Someone I want to know who pitched the wife. Never spots. have your family ringside. It's always bad luck. I don't think Tony or any of the EVPs pitched it. I think it was like either Jake Hager or Dustin Rhodes were pitching these wife. Yeah, spots. it seemed weird. I wasn't into it. And I was just like, I don't. This feels like this is for a different demographic than I am a part yeah. of. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was a weird start to a pay per view. Uh, I didn't really like this match. I thought it was way too long. You know, what was it? The match was like fifteen minutes. Yeah, fourteen forty. Cut out. Wait, am I right? Is that right? Fourteen forty. Yeah, fourteen forty. Cut out five minutes. We don't need that. Get that shit <laughs> out of here. Put it into Darby Sammy or something. Um. Get put it into. I don't know. Give me more tag match. Maybe I don't know. That was pro- perfectly fine the way it was. But it was just, just give me just move that time somewhere else. I don't need it in this match. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I thought the match was it was it wasn't awful in my opinion. It was just like ah uh, what? Yeah. I give this two and a half out of five. Mike, I give this you? one two out of five. It was awkward. It felt a little weird. I wasn't really into it. Uh. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely not my not my pick for what should have been the opener. Yeah. Well, let's keep the ball rolling and move on to Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. The match itself was only 5 minutes, but of course, there was a huge really? brawl in the beginning of the match. Yeah, the match itself was only 5 minutes. That there was a huge brawl that lasted like the first 5-10 minutes. Which was, you know, Darby suicide dive, diving through the ring multiple times. I guess times. that's why it felt a little um, longer. Sammy doing an insane top rope six thirty to put Darby. Because he's, he's crazy. He's crazy. He's crazy. Crazy. Uh, it, that that was a great match. That was uh, a great match. You know, and, I well, I guess the match the match itself was like five minutes, and it was like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. But like the whole segment was, I thought, great. Uh, I thought, like like we talked about, this should have been the opener. Darby is a huge star. Yeah, did, um, did, did you hear that pop for Darby's coffin drop? That was nuts. He's he's an amazing. He's one of their biggest stars. He's so over, and all the more reason that I'll, I'll definitely get to it later. All the more reason is that I think now is the perfect time to establish a mid card title um, and get it on somebody. I don't think it's going to be Darby you put it on, but get it on somebody. Uh, to really hold it. Honestly, thing. if we're talking who would be perfect for a mid-card title, Sammy. I'll get to my pitch about a mid-card title okay. later. 
But Sammy would be a great pick. Sammy would be an amazing pick to put on a mid-card title. I think, you know, just make him even more uh, of an asshole, really. Make, 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 it, make the Spanish god even more, even more a little godly, you know? Yeah, Spanish gold. Spanish gold. I like that. There's something. There's something there. Um, yeah, I thought this was great. I thought this in segment was amazing. I, I talk about the segment more than the match. Uh, that six thirty top rope six thirty through a table. That was nutty. Was killer. Sammy wor- was working this match with like an injured ankle ankle as well. Somewhere, uh, Rico- somewhere, Rico- a tear like dri- drips down the cheek of Ricochet. Well, we can't see the tear because it's it's underneath a bunch of gravel. Um, <laughs> buried. Hashtag buried Twitter. Like that Twitter. Hashtag buried. Yikes. I actually disagree. I don't think he's been being buried at all. I disagree 100%. <laughs> um, I'm like the only person that that feels that way, apparently. Um, anyways. Uh, I do I thought, think he needs, I do think Ricochet needs a redemption arc, though. I think he's getting it. I think people should let the story be played out. Yet He got a title match against Brock Lenzer. Because he kicked him in the balls and then won a triple threat against, what was it, Styles and Bobby Lashley. And then he loses it, of course. He wasn't going to win it. And then he and and then he has a weird match and loses a 24-7 title match. I think the point is that it's like he's not being buried. He's just he just lost a match. Settle down, folks. Anyways, I thought this match was great. Uh, Darby and Sammy Guevara. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. I gave it a three and a quarter meatball out of five. I gave it 3.75 out of five. Ooh. I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was quick, but they they both absolutely just destroyed. They destroyed each other for this match, and Darby <laughs> Allen almost destroyed himself, as usual. Did you see that suicide dive where Sebi was draped over the, <laughs> oh my the barricade? Oh, my God. Oh my god, he like missed it. Darby almost broke his neck. He fucking completely missed it. Oh my god. Darby Allen is his twenty twenty That was the epitome of I don't think he got all of it. Darby Allen's twenty twenty is set to be probably the most prolific of his career. Yeah. Prolific, maybe that's not the word, but either way, he's set to have an amazing year. Um already. I mean, you know, he's built this amazing star power, star quality in 2019, and now it's like we're really cashing it in. In 2019, he already had a he's already had one AEW title match. That's true. That's true, and he was very close to winning it. Yeah, I, I think you gotta if all your up you know, all your mid carders, Darby Allen is the man. Uh, yeah. Sadly, I think Darby. Sadly, the issue with Darby though is like he's amazing at losing. So it's yeah. like the tendency to be like, well, Darby loses. <laughs> it's like, when, when does he win? When does he get that shot? When does he get that title? Well, he won it's... He won at Revolution. That is true. He did win this match. Um, he win, He gets like the wins every once in a while. He loses. <laughs> he loses all the time, but then he gets a win. It's like, yes. Um, I'm very excited to see. Uh, so we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, which means tonight is uh, – Darby Allen and John Moxley versus Sammy and Chris Jericho, which I think will be a banger of a match. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm very much excited for that match. Uh, just father and son against father and son. Father and son against father and son. 
Let's keep moving down the card. Next up is the tag match of the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Kenny Omega and Adam Page retaining and defeating the Young Bucks uh, in 30 minutes and 56 seconds. Mikey, thoughts on this match? This match melted my brain. (laughs) (laughs) It was an absolute barn burner, and these two teams just destroyed each other, and it was amazing. I... I feel I I kind of got spoiled with WWE because I could always I could always pick the finishing spot. I couldn't do it this time. Every spot felt like the finishing spot, but then somebody would kick out and the match would keep going, and I don't know how. And it was fucking wild. This match was absolutely buck wild in every sense of the word. It was some fucking real cowboy shit, and I was into it 100. percent This match was amazing, top down. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Uh, you know the. Adam Page came off like an absolute beast here. Matt, I, not even just, I mean, Adam Page is like the person I think of, but Kenny Omega looked amazing, even with the hurt shoulder. Matt and Nick Jackson uh, put on a, a great clinic. Nick Jackson getting pushed off the top rope, doing the backflip and coming back in to do a Canadian Destroyer was amazing. Adam Page doing his, like, his over-the-top rope Hurricane Rana or his moonsault off the top rope. Power bomb and then power bombing Nick eventually through the table. Matt, you know the story of Matt's shoulder versus Kenny's. Or sorry, Kenny's shoulder versus Matt's back. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole quandary. Uh, sort of Matt Jackson going a little nutso butso and going after Kenny really hard. Yeah, um, I like I like I like that aspect of the match where Nick was like, "Hey, you need to chill out." Yeah, the Young Bucks are amazing heels. We haven't seen them play heels since like their PWG independent wrestling days, like since 2015. I actually just watched the match with, it was uh, for 8,500 where it was them and it was Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan. And that match, they were vicious heels. That's an amazing match. Oh my God. I can't believe you watched that match. Yeah, I did. That match was nuts. (laughs) Just like this one. Just like this one. Was that the warfare match? The guerrilla warfare match? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the one. That's the one that made that. That's like Candace's like match of her career. Honestly, yeah, that was nuts. So anyway, good. back to back to this match. But this match was amazing. Uh, you know, I I, I everyone expected in a, everyone with their the WWE brain rot expected that there was going to be a story bit here with you know Adam Page attacking Omega, turning heel or whatever. But uh, can we speaking forget. of that? Can we talk about after the match that? shot of hangman just looking completely 100 percent ready for the buckshot with kenny's back turned and we're like oh my god he's gonna fucking do it he's gonna do it there and was he didn't there was that shot which heavily teased it but you forget that there is another shot where adam page had his you know he was hanging on the ropes adam page was hanging and right before he turned around uh kenny matt and nick Oh, we're their, all, yeah, yeah. They're they all, like they're gonna super kick him. Yeah, they're all set up ready to super kick the crap out of him. And I was like, and I like seeing that. I was like, oh shit! I didn't even think about like them turning heel on Paige. Yeah, I we're never all thinking Paige that, turned heel on them. No, what if they I, turned heel on him? So two options. I thought it was gonna be Paige turns heel on them, or it was gonna be the Bucks turning heel on Kenny and Paige. 
I never thought about Kenny turning with the Bucks against Paige. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the story. I think that's the way better story. No one leaves the elite. The elite is for life. The, the, you know, the Bullet Club is for life or whatever it was. No one left the Bullet Club. They always got literally kicked out by the Young Bucks. And um, that would have been it. it. That, that, do, I mean, that no was one almost le- it. Like, that was almost it. I think that's what you do. Honestly, I think that's where it's going to go. And the best part is, Mikey, is that this isn't the end of the story. There is easily another match here somewhere. <sighs> Probably on TV, maybe. Maybe on the next pay-per-view. But the next pay-per-view, again, is not going to happen for months let me see what do we have the date for double nothing yes we do may 23rd so we got Mm. plenty of time um can we talk about there can we talk about real quick when Paige hit the one-winged angel oh my god that was a great spot (laughs) can we talk about adam page doing the the cheeky cheeky kick uh into the little chicken wing spin and doing the actual chicken wing that, that was great. That Good shout got out to everyone. Marty that, that got a little pop. That was great. Talk about the Young Bucks doing a Cheeky Nanda's kick into a Motor, Sh- Motor City Machine Guns tribute. I, I love the Cheeky Nanda's kick because now, now I get it. Yes, because now <laughs> you are a fan of Will Ospreay and understand everything about him. Oh I, they did it because I, I was watching it with my friend who came over, and they did the Cheeky Nando's kick, and I was like, oh, my God, they did the kick. And my friend was like, what's that? And I was like, hold on. <laughs> Hold on, Will Ospreay. He's a guy. <laughs> now you now you understand what it's like to have like the independent wrestling mindset. That's the mm-hmm. best part about Mikey's Indy Five Hundred, folks. Is Mikey like f- learning what is what an independent mindset is like? So it's like <laughs> he's legit learning. Like Cheeky Nando's. I know that reference. Yes, yeah, I call. I called that. I was like, oh my god, they just did a Cheeky Nando's kick. My friend's like, the what now? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this match was amazing. Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Young Bucks. I cannot wait for the sequel. I would not be surprised if we get a sequel. I just don't know when it's going to happen, folks. Um, maybe on TV eventually. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm 100% excited for it. Mikey, uh, what what was your rating for this one? It's got to be five meatballs, right? I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. I rarely give out five meatballs. You know how rarely I give it out. This match was nuts. This was... I have my document open here. Let me check. This was of the year 2020. My fourth five-star match that I've seen. What were the other three? As a quick Uh, refresher. And and I've seen 161 matches so far this year. Damn. And I I have given out four. Uh, uh, One of them was the Men's Royal Rumble from WWE. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought that was perfect. Um, then you got... Um... Oh, wait, that's incorrect. That needs to say... Night 2. Um, then it was the Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito uh, Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental title match, um, and the Night 1 match of Okada versus Ibushi uh, for the Heavyweight title as well. Nice. Um, yeah, those were I both gave both of those matches five stars as well. That just oh man, I yeah, it's like I've seen 161 matches and I have four five star matches. You know how rare that is. What is that? Four divided by 161. I can even do the math. That is point 
literally, Mikey, 2% of the matches I've seen are five stars. I'm a little, honestly, uh, I'm a little more generous with five meatballs than you are. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I think that you're you're much more of an anal- analytical person than I am, and you'll, like, analyze matches to, like, a crazy degree. But I, for I'm me, very, it's like... I, I look at it, like, with the intellectual mindset of, like... Yeah. What is, what is for this? me, I'm just like, wow, this match, like, melted my brain, and I and I loved it. <laughs> you, you're... I, I, you, I've been thinking about it, Mike. You're, like, the embodiment of the excitrometer. Yes. <laughs> you you are that. You are that person. Yeah. But yes, this match was amazing. I gave it a five star match. Um, I thought this was this probably. I think this was the best tag match in all wrestling history. Yep. Um, obviously, a short history, but there's been a lot of good ones. The one I saw in Atlanta was amazing. I gave that one four and three fourths meatball. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just a teensy bit better. I thought the story was obviously there. Oh, we never even talked about how the Bucks hit the golden trigger. Oh yeah! They, oh my God! I forgot. There's so many story bits in here. Oh, I hit the golden trigger almost for the win too. Yeah. Um, there's so much story, so much story, so much backlog. Um, I, I'm surprised they didn't do a Adam Cole reference. Yeah, right. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, I guess super kicks that doesn't count. Do a pan. If they did a Panama surprise, so Panama, Panama sunrise. Panama sunrise. I'd be like, that's there you go. There it is. Um. God, this match is so good. This match, the best match. The, and according according to my personal preference, best tag match ever, best match since the Cody-Dustin Rhodes match. Mm, I agree. This match was absolutely insane and buck wild, and I loved it. So good. Let's keep moving down the card for the AEW Women's World Championship, which was Nyla Rose defending and retaining her title against Chris Statlander in 12 minutes. Mikey, thoughts? Uh, this match was good. Uh, I liked it. Uh, they both put on kind of a show. There was a little, there was a couple of spots that they almost botched, but ended up making look okay in the end. Um, but like, I thought it was good. And I know Chris Statlander was working sick, so that was like a little bit of like a leeway for me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was fine. I kind of figured Nyla Rose was going to win. This this was one of those matches where I kind of like was able to predict the ending a little bit. Uh, where I was just like, yeah, Nyla Rose wins, can retain her title. There's no way she's gonna lose it already. So, uh, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I feel almost sort of feel bad for Chris Statlander because it's like whenever she gets an opportunity, it's always whenever she gets an opportunity in all aid wrestling, it's always like distracted by something shitty, whether it's being sick, whether it's not making being able to make the show because of a prior engagement with another wrestling company, mm-hmm. whether it's you know the whatever the collective what was it what the was night, the, the name? nightmare collective the nightmare collective whether it's that nonsense chris Atlander has so much bad luck in all elite wrestling mm-hmm. uh despite she's getting great great opportunities but she's never like being able to really capitalize on because she's distracted by something nonsensical uh nyla like you said th- this match had a two-week build the, of all this of all the matches very disappointed in the setup for this match uh the match itself was good uh gave it three meatballs nyla rose was easily gonna win yeah i was never expecting i think that's part of the problem is that like because there was so little build or anything i didn't even think like i i totally forgot that chris was like sick for this match which is like an excuse to be like oh well she was sick that's why she lost she can have another title shot or whatever you know storyline wise but like 
it didn't even occur to me that I was like, oh, yeah, she was going to win. You know, like, Nyla Rose is going to win here. I don't expect anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave it. Uh, I gave this match two two and a half meatballs out of five. It was fine. It it sort of uh did uh, it is match sort of disappointing. I guess I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I just you know, it's just it just there was a lot of there was it, a lot of spots that almost got botched that kind of took away from me because I kind of got worried. This match was sort of indicative of the women's division. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just sort of like last minute. Sort of an afterthought. They need to do better. They need the play, to do better. Though, even the placement on the card, it was placed after the best match on the of the night. Yeah, that was did, rough. Did we know that that was probably going to be the best match of the night? You know, maybe if you're probably. booking the show, if you're booking the show, if you're Kenny Omega and you're the guy that runs the women's division and know what your match is going to be. And you have a match with a group literally called The Elite. I think we would have known that match is going to be pretty good. Yeah, maybe that match is going to be your match of the night. Maybe don't put Rose and Chris in that spot to follow. Like, that just it's the only women's match on the card, and they're after the best match. That's a hard spot to follow. And granted, it's the worst built match on this card with a two-week build. But, like... I don't... like. But even then, it's like, why did this match get a two-week build? I get... Why wasn't this... This should have been Nyla Rose versus Riho, I think, for the third match mm-hmm. in their trilogy. This should have just been, like, the re- the reback. And then it would be, like, and then it'd be like have a little bit more stakes than a Chris Statlander. You know, maybe you couldn't get Riho for whatever reason. But th- in my opinion, this should have been a way different match. This should have been Nyla Rose versus Riho. Nyla Rose r- wins again, and we're like, okay, cool, off to the races with someone new. And then mm-hmm. we could build to Chris Statlander. Now we burned this match, yeah, Chris felt, lost, and now rushed. she's not going to have a title shot for another while. It definitely felt rushed. Um, yeah, I don't it's know. In, I wasn't into it's, it. It's indicative of, of the women's division. They feel like an afterthought. They, they need feel to like do better. They need to do better. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm upset by it. I, I think, you know, I don't It's know. like, how are you ever going to sign more women if this is how you're going to run your women's division? I, I think the problem with the women's division is honestly the fact that, like, a lot of the women need to get reps in. There's not a lot of, you know, a lot of these women don't have a lot of experience wrestling. I mean, Chris Statlander has been wrestling for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, none of these women have any TV experience. Uh, it's a very, very young division. So until those women are ready to go, you kind of have to... Uh, have to wait like you have to wait for these women to get better i also you know, think Sadie... i i was listening to another podcast uh tights and fights and they brought up a good point that there's no significant women's voice in the booking room like that's pro- almost definitely true like they need they I, need I a sig- they, like brandy has her own job in the company like she's not booking like mm-hmm. so it's like who is it's it's like cody the bucks kenny and tony khan right like they need a significant women's voice just to like get better ideas because clearly they're not doing it. As to my understanding, Kenny is the guy that's running the women's division. He's the one that's like most in charge out of everyone, any of the EVPs or anything. Mm-hmm. I believe 
again, these are all based on reports and rumors and whatnot, but I believe that Brandy initially ran the women's division, like did a lot of the initial hirings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Kenny was brought on and he handled the rest of the women's division. But Um, okay. As much as I, okay. I am not saying this out of a place of hate. I love Kenny Omega, but he's still just, he's still just a white dude. From Canada. From (laughs) exactly. Like he's he's still that's di- the thing it's is, different too because he's from Canada. The thing is he's still a white dude running a women's division. Like we need, that's true. I think we need a woman in charge of the women's division to like really mm-hmm. start putting it over the top here. We need they need mm-hmm. a significant woman's voice in that booking room. You know who I would love to have in that that book again room? coming from two white dudes. Yes, coming from two white dudes. We understand the irony of this. Yeah, but you know who I would love uh, in the the room? Who? Awesome Kong. I agree. Awesome Kong would be, she has but tons of experience. Um, she understand. She obviously has the women's perspective, um, but she just would be great. She would be the perfect voice, I think, to have in there. Kenny and Awesome Kong running it, I think, would be great. Mm-hmm. Awesome Kong could still stay and wrestle as a heel every once in a while, but I think she would be the perfect person. I agree. To have in that help run that division. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I think the I, I I hate the dog on Kenny, but I think Kenny has bad ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe a hot take, but Kenny is an amazing wrestler, and he's always good at like what he needs to do when he wrestles. But whenever I've seen Kenny Omega outside of wrestling or doing something else, like or knowing knowing the fact that he like this was his idea or doing something that's his idea. I've always not liked it. <laughs> yeah. I've always been like, that was kind of silly or stupid, or I don't know why he did that. It's I, I just think Kenny Omega has bad ideas. I don't know whose idea was the Nightmare Collective, but according to Brandy, it wasn't hers. Um, I don't know. I, I think Kenny's just got bad ideas, and I don't know what's happening. Because it's like... It, I, maybe maybe it's the fact that I don't watch enough Joshi, so I don't understand how Joshi booking works, mm-hmm. right? And and you know Kenny's a big fan of that mindset, so he's doing that maybe more. Again, another reason to bring in Awesome Kong. Um, but but like, it's just like these matches feel thrown together at the last minute. They feel like afterthought, and the problem is you get you got a young division, you got a person that's never booked before. Um, with my opinion, not great ideas. You don't know, got a women in the locker room helping. You know, I guess maybe Brandy's maybe throwing in some ideas, but I imagine some of these other the women themselves are coming up with ideas as well. Of course, yeah. Um, but no, like woman in charge or anything. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I understand the irony that this is two white guys talking about this, but it, it's just you know I I think there's more potential here. I think we're riding the ship, but I think we're just not there yet. The, the, it, I think another another one of the issues is that they're too concerned with bringing in people who are already fans of wrestling over, rather than like they're they're too they're too concerned with converting people rather than roping in new fans. What do you mean? I think they're. I think. But I mean AEW or like the women's division. No AEW in general. I think. I think. They could benefit by, they could benefit by trying to appeal. 
like their I think their women's division can improve if they try to appeal to a new audience rather than appeal to the same audience that has already been around from WWE that they're just trying to rope in with like a lot of the stuff they've been doing. Like you know what I mean? I, I, it's hard to explain. I don't know. I I mean, if you look at like the the numbers and stuff, it's like the TV rating numbers and stuff. It's like it's apparent that they are bringing in a lot new, not a lot of new people, a lot of like old people that have never watched, haven't watched wrestling since like WCW and stuff, mm-hmm. and who have just dropped off. So they are bringing in a lot of people. I just don't know how much of those people are like being brought in because of the women's division. Is it bringing in new people, or is it just moving the same people around? Like based on like like it's ba- like Monday I'll watch this and Wednesday I'll watch Dynamite. Like it's like, is it the same ba- fans just on, moving around? According um, when like the DVR stuff and all that stuff came apart, uh, Dave Meltzer reported that it looked like that AEW Dynamite is its own fan base. And, like, during commercials and whatnot, those people would switch and watch NXT. But the people that were watching NXT live weren't switching to Dynamite. Interesting. If that makes sense. So it's like, maybe you are right in saying that, like, they're taking people from WWE or slash taking people that are their own. You know, obviously not all of those people are switching to NXT. But, they're you know, they're building up their own audience or taking people from WWE. Whereas WWE is just like, pe- people are like, well, I'm watching WWE. That's what I watch. It just feels like a lot of um, what they do is pandering to guys our age, and that's it. I mean, hey, that it's bringing in the huge numbers in the de- that demo. Yeah. And and they're destroying every everyone else in that demo. That's what I'm saying. They need new people. Like they they need they need, they need to appeal to other people besides us cuz we're already in. Like they're, people like what, us are already weeks, in. The past couple of weeks they've been they've been winning all of the demos. Not just not just what 18 to 40 or whatever. They've been getting 50 plus. They actually beaten NXT for like the first couple times getting 50 plus. I think they are doing it. I think they are doing it. Um I just don't know the ratings as much as I should, I guess. Mm. Anyway, let's move I, on. Yes, let's move on. Um, let's move on to MJF defeating Cody uh, in their first singles match outing together in a 24-minute match. Oh, my God. This match. Didn't realize that match went on that long. <laughs> uh, MJF defeated Cody. Mikey, thoughts on this match? Um, It was, it was a little bit disappointing. I would agree. I would agree. We're at the disappointing section of our card, apparently. Um, I was, I was whelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I was underwhelmed. Why were you whelmed? It was fine. Like I, I, I like, I expected to because I was disappointed because I expected to be overwhelmed and that the match would be good. But I, but coming out of it, I was like, huh, that was fine, I guess. Like I, I kind of figured this story would blow off here, and Cody would just win and move on. But I guess they're trying to get more out of it. Yeah, I, it, it, I think that's what hurt it. Is that it? F- the, the built, the build to this match made it feel like this should have been the 
the finale. Yeah, right. It, it, it everything felt like this was this was the it, match. yeah, right. Ugh. And 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 that we forget that this is a professional wrestling promotion and they're in the business to make money and build to the next thing. That we forget that since this is the first match, we're probably going to get two more after this. You know, yeah. so it's like we forget that, like, oh, this match. I don't know. I think is... I'd be more okay with like build to one pay per view, let that pay per view be the blow off, and then start building more feuds. I don't know. I get, I get what they're trying to do, though. Yeah, it's that the old school thing of like let's get to the next thing. And I I thought this match was good. You know, I I just thought it was underwhelming. Like we said, like the build was just so great, so good. The steel cage match, the lashings, the just not being able to touch MJF, that going up to here, and it just and and the and the problem I think maybe lies in the fact that MJF isn't like a worker worker. Mm-hmm. MJF is a heat seeker. He's a guy that like he's gonna start the match by rolling outside the ring to ex- ex- slow down the match, slow down the pace of the match, not make it a we're death defying trying to battle each other. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's why I got disappointed is that. With all this build, I thought this was going to be more of a brawl, and it was just, like, not. <laughs> Even, I mean, I'm thinking about it now, and it's like, maybe we may, were, maybe we were just incorrect in thinking. Because I'm, I'm, because, no. Like, Don't think, fair, just watch I'm, Wrestle. No, but, like, I'm thinking about it, and it's like, well, the build was built up this way, but, like, we forget that part of the build was MJF didn't want this match. MJF doesn't want to wrestle Cody. Cody wants to wrestle MJF. Cody's the one that wants to go out there and tear his face off. MJF is the guy that's like, I don't want this match. I'm going to give you all of these obstacles to make it incredibly difficult for you to have this match. I don't want to do it. So when the match starts, he's like, I'm going to roll outside. I don't want this. I don't even want to do this match. I don't want to stoop to your level or whatever. Uh, Because I'm better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm writing promos over here. Um, like we forget that like the match is built ar- the MJF the match the match for the MJF character is built around the fact that I don't want to wrestle, <laughs> and the problem is it's like we as the audience are siding with Cody, where we want to see Cody go out there and rip his face off, yeah, and then like wear it and be and then be MJF, <laughs> um, like that I, I think. Does that get heat on MJF? Do you feel more angry at MJF because of this and eventually getting the victory and how he won it? I think it's designed that way. It's obviously the very Southern style built match designed that way. But I think as like the new worker kind of fans that you and I are, um, we're sort of like, Ah, I do think I will. Uh, I will say I do think the ending of this match was good, where it was like Cody getting too greedy and wanting to just beat the snot out of MJF, and he got a little carried away. Yeah, I thought that and that MJF was good. That was a good and... way to to end it. Um, and I think I don't think and here's here's another. I don't think MJF sold that we like we as pay, uh, like watching it on TV, we got. The whole thing of he, oh he had the ring on and he punched Cody in the face. He, he I don't think they sold that to the live crowd enough. 
I didn't. I didn't even notice it on TV until they play the replay. I yeah. It took. It it also took me a second, but like I ended. I kind of just ended up being like, oh, he probably had the ring on or something because they were building it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Cody like threw it out of the ring, or when Cody had it for a second. Like they, like they they were building the fact that they were going to use the ring at some point. Yeah, Chekhov's Chekhov's. Yeah, ring. but I don't think they sold that last final shot to the the audience enough because there was. N- no reaction when he did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like, but I think it was because it was sort of this thing of like protecting Cody in the sense that it's like it's a ring shot. You have to go to the pin right now. Mm-hmm. You don't don't w- wallow in it. Yeah. Um. And 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 be smug because if then if he's being smug and then he w- gets the pin and it is a one two three, then Cody looks real rough. Yeah. It's it's a whole thing. It's it's the whole thing that's compounding in on itself. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it moving forward, right? Because this obviously, like we said, this isn't the end of this feud. This chapter isn't over. Yeah. I don't know where this is going because I don't think... Is this the next pay-per-view? Is this the next two pay-per-view? Is it, are we doing this match at Double or Nothing? I don't know, right? I mean... Is there going to be more stipulations for Cody to have another match? Like... Oh, that's true. I think the build, thinking about it, it's like it sort of feels like we need to get to a point where MJF wants to have the match really bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Cody obviously wants to have the match, and now Cody wants his revenge, but MJF is like, I'm better than you. I don't want to stoop to your level. Yeah, I don't want to wrestle you because I'm better than now you. Now I think. How do we get to a point where MJF wants to fight him? Yeah, because now I think he's gonna want to fight him like less than ever. Because he's like, I already beat you. Why do I? Why do I need to fight you again? You already lost. <laughs> you already exactly. lost there, coaster. Now, yeah. Now we have to book ourselves out out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough spot to be in. Uh, I gave this three and a quarter meatballs, Mike. What'd you give it? I gave this one three, just straight up three. It was fine. Real quickly as well, what would you give? MJF's attire in this match. Remember that that weird ass robe that he walked in with. I missed the scarf. I'll say that. Yes, thank you. We'll we'll get to the we'll get to the other fashion it's choice. Like, I guess you could. It's say. like Ric Flair but not coming the, in with his robe or like, like it's like, like there's like I the scarf is so much exactly. Better. I th- I think scarf the scarf is, is so, so much, much more better. iconic for MJF, and it fits him so much better than the than that <laughs> weird robe that had like the scarf pattern on it. I almost would have preferred if he did the Naito Tetsuya Naito bit where he came out in a full suit, and then before the match starts, we have to wait as MJF undoes the suit, mm-hmm. and so he's just eating more time. I would have preferred that over this weird, shitty, ugly-looking, weird bathrobe. Where it's got the blueberry the pattern, blueberry. but like it doesn't really match. Whatever blueberry, whatever the fuck. I don't give a shit. He's better than me, so I don't care. <laughs> uh, talking about the other fashion choice, I thought that no one talks about the MJF one. The MJF one was stupid and ugly, and I hated it. But let's talk about the other one that the internet's all talking about. Mike, you thoughts? Meatball rating to Cody's that, neck tattoo. That tattoo American, the American Nightmare tattoo across Cody's neck. I don't want to rip on him too much for it because it's not it's not like it's not really our place to do so. It's his his body, his choice, right? But but I do think okay, here's here's what I think. The tattoo the tattoo <laughs> itself really nice. I think it's a nice tattoo. 
I think it's I think it's a hundred percent Cody Rhodes, right? Hmm. Placement not as good. Oh my god, dude! It is one hundred. It screams Cody. The placement is not as good. I think yeah. on his neck is weird. I think it, that tattoo would have looked yeah. better on his arm, on his forearm, on the back of his leg, like just. On, on his, his hands, so we can do his, like the AJ Styles on his chest, thing. even like on the other side where it says "Dream" on or whatever it says on his chest. You know, he has that one little one. Yeah. Put it on the other side where it just like it would have looked really good there, like on his other pec. The neck. I don't know yeah. why he decided this fucking neck though. His decision to make the tattoo visible constantly is like, oh, this is my brand, and I want to be like always this is me being all in on my brand and it's like that's respectable but it's like a it's like ginormous tattoo on your neck bro uh put it on your wrist you know put it somewhere else it just it, anywhere it looks, literally and, anywhere else it would have looked better mikey can i can i be honest in this part yeah the real issue with the tattoo is that and this may be a hot take is that the American Nightmare logo is awful? You think I so? I hate that logo. I think it. I think it. I think the American Nightmare logo looks so bad, and I, I think it's. I think it's good enough to put on like a T-shirt, mm-hmm. you know, like a wrestling T-shirt. But as a tattoo, it's like this looks stupid. I. I. I'm still. I thought. I thought. It, I, I'm still in the camp that it would have looked fine anywhere else. It's just the fact that it's on his neck makes it weird. I'm in the camp that if it was a better logo, I might have been fine with it. Fair enough. But it's just ridiculous. It's so stupid. Come on, Cody. Do better. You're you're the ace of the promotion. Well, Don't well, get a tattoo. It's too late now. It's too, way too late now. All right. Let's keep moving along. We already talked about the semi-main of Pac and Orange Cassidy. Let's talk about the main event, the AEW World Championship, where John Moxley wins the title by defeating Chris Jericho in 22 minutes and 20 seconds. Mikey, thoughts on this barn burner? Ryan, match. history has been made. We have crowned the youngest AEW world champion. <laughs> Officially. <laughs> Yet again. Officially the youngest the AEW youngest. world heavyweight champion. I can't wait for Darby Two to, times win in a row. to win the title eventually. <laughs> Oh my God! John Moxley defeated Chris Jericho, the official youngest champion, the lightest champion, <laughs> um, the champion with the well, the champion with the, the least amount of hair. Yes, uh, the champion with an okay theme song. Um, John Moxley has won the AEW World Championship. Mikey, thoughts on this match and thoughts on John Moxley becoming the new AEW World Champion? So. Before we get to the match, I want to talk about Chris Jericho's entrance. Oh, yeah, yeah. That choir was like... Um, that choir was absolutely fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I got I got mm-hmm. goosebumps. I, I got goosebumps. It was so good. It made It made Cody's entrance look like garbage comparatively even though like it looked it made it look like even more trash because apparently downstat is one of those bands that's only good in the studio Mm -hmm. because that was rough it was rough but jericho's entrance fucking ruled the choir singing was awesome and then his theme song played and the crowd sang it was great 
Also, those fucking LED bracelets. I want I want to shout out to those real quick in the audience. Those were fucking awesome. Yes. Those are really nice. Those are really nice little bracelets to to put in there. Anyway, back to the match. This match was awesome. I loved it. Uh they put on a good, these two really put on a good show. I like the fact that Moxley had to still contend with the entirety of uh fucking inner circle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I will never get tired of watching wrestlers react to being thrown out from ringside. <laughs> Cause it is oh, oh, it's yeah. always so good. They always oversell it so hard and it's so funny. And Aubrey Aubrey Plus plus the referee. Uh, Aubrey yeah. put her all into that one. She did a little spin, she mm-hmm. was loading up for like ten minutes. And then she like threw him out. The crowd popped. Uh, fucking Santana yeah, like corpse. He was just like, duh. It was so good. It's it so it, funny. It, it genuine pop <laughs> so every funny. time. Uh, no, it's so good. And then while she was throwing them out, Sammy Guevara sneaking in with the belt. Genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inner circle. Always ready. Always have a backup mm-hmm. plan. I thought it was a great match. Yeah, right. It, it was set up perfectly... It encompassed the the match itself encompassed the build of yeah. the match, the the story of Moxley having to go through all of the inner circle, go through all of these steps, and then doing it basically all again in. You the know match. what it felt like? It felt like Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship, where he had to where which, he had to fight which one the. The one where he initially won the title, where he had to fight off all of the undisputed era, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they kept coming out, and he like yeah. kicked out mm-hmm. of everything, and he like and he had to fight off Fish, he had to fight off O'Reilly, he had to fight off Strong, and he still had to fight Cole. If it 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 felt like that, and it was really cool. And I will never not be hyped for the for the the loner fighting off the whole team by himself, you know. Mm-hmm. But it. it yeah, it was, it, it it was really good. It was really good. I I really enjoyed this match. Um, you know, I I, I the question is what happened? Where do we go next? Mm-hmm. Right? You know who who's who's the next challenger for Moxley? Where is Chris Jericho go next? Do you have any ideas? I think Chris Jericho. I think we're gonna get another match between Jericho and Moxley. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't. Be I think I don't think that Jericho is gonna take this loss lightly. Is what I'm. I think Jericho is gonna go right back after Moxley. And I think we're going to get... Okay. This version of Chris Jericho has proved to be a whiny baby when he That's loses. What I'm saying, yeah. I cannot wait for him to be a whiny baby when it comes to the, losing Here's the title. Here's what I'm thinking. And this might be, just be me hoping. But I mm-hmm. think that Inner Circle is going to make John Moxley's life hell. And Moxley, as much as he wants to be a lone wolf, as much as he said he wants to be by himself, is going to need to get some help. And I oh. think it might be building up to blood and guts. Renee Young. Oh, <laughs> to, okay. I think it might be building up to the uh, the little match that a certain someone likes to call War Games. <laughs> you can't say it. You can't say it in regards to AEW. We're gonna get uh, sued. But I think uh, I think it might be building up to this. I'm so also. Can we just say, Mikey, you're going to be in attendance. I for match. okay. <laughs> so we were watching Revolution, and me and my friend, who are both, it's it was me and my friend who was coming over, who was going to that show with me. 
uh, we saw that little promo pop up. It was like, it was like March 25th. I was like, oh, wasn't that the day they're in the Prudential set? It was like Prudential set or New Jersey. I was like, okay, cool. They're just, they're just building up like what, the, what shows are coming next. And then it said, mm-hmm. uh, two rings. We were like, wait, what? It was like one cage. Me, me and my friend just started screaming. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> we what we po- we absolutely popped off. We like went nuts. We were like, oh my god, we're getting war games. <laughs> Hold on, do you have to say it again? But as really, we're legal. getting war games. Yes, perfect. I can't wait to edit all. Of I'm that so audio. sorry. Um, uh, I'm so jealous. I, I I mean, I guess I shouldn't be jealous because I got the steel cage. We're both getting big ones. We're both uh-huh. getting big ones. Uh, which is nice. But I think you're right. I I like that build of like going up. You know, everyone thought that it would be inner circle versus elite. But I like the idea of Moxley begrudgingly having to find people. I think after I think you after know, what it, happened at Revolution, I think Inner Circle versus Elite is kind of like not anymore because of how because of the problems the Elite is having with themselves. Yeah, I mean we could still do it, but I think you're right. It, it would be a better idea to do Moxley building up a team. Uh, for, yeah. Now I'll ask this question: Who's that team? Darby Allen. Three people, three people to join John Moxley. Darby Allen, easily, easily. Darby Allen is one of them. I don't know. That's the fun part, right? We we don't know. Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy, Scorpio Sky. I like Jungle Boy. I like because because they were, were they were the, also the having three their people own with Inner Circle for a while. The three people that that Chris Jericho faced in those individual things: Darby Allen, Scorpio Sky, and Jungle oh, Boy. Oh yeah. Teaming up with John Moxley. That could be cool. That that would that would you know line up perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be weird to have Scorpio Sky in the match. Yeah, that that's one thing I was uh, thinking that it might be weird to have Scorpio Sky, but I think it could be also cool to have Scorpio. I think it could also be interesting to have Scorpio Sky on a team that's not SCU. Yes, I think that'd be a great match, and everyone has issues with inner circle darby allen would be darby allen's the easy i think I, he, he absolutely is i because he he immediately after after they announced it he tweeted immediately like put me in coach to the blood and guts pay-per-view or the not pay-per-view the blood and yeah. guts uh special we all know he's going to do a off the top, drop off oh. the top. <laughs> assuming assuming there's no he they may do the wcw style of war games match which is a roof mm-hmm. um but we'll see um what's next for chris jericho obviously you're pitching eventually part of the war games match um i would love obviously also should be said chris jericho has fozzy dates coming up so this we may not be able to see chris jericho but for the rest a little of, bit but on our the rest TV. of the inner circle is there also true it could be hager santana ortiz and sammy mm-hmm. Guevara instead um my pitch um I, I do really like your idea, but my pitch for Chris Jericho for, is to be a whiny baby and establish his own mid card. I think title. we'll be getting a lot of uh, Chris Jericho via satellite for over the next couple of weeks. That's possible, but I like the idea of Chris Jericho. We, I, I think, you got to use Chris Jericho now to establish this mid card yeah. title. And I think him being a whiny baby, like, oh, I'm going to make this myself. This is my title, and then he loses it to Darby mm. Allen. Right, I think that would be a great moment, and the Darby loses immediately to Santa Guevara from some shitty <laughs> way or something, or whatever it is. I, I think that would be fun. Or, or Chris Jericho makes the mid card title and goes on the Fozzie tour dates, 
and says, I'm going to give this to Sammy Guevara. He's going to defend it for me. That could be interesting. I do think, I do think, yeah. I, I do think that we're not getting a new challenger for a title quite yet. I do think it's just going to be, well, we might, we might have one for a couple of weeks while Jericho's on the, the tour dates, but I do think that eventually we're going to get Jericho coming back and trying to regain the title and get revenge on Moxley. Cause there's no way he's just going to take this loss and be like, all right, well, moving on like no shot. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think you're right. In fact, that Chris Jericho is going to still be involved in the world title picture for the, however long, maybe not around double or nothing. I think maybe we'll have by, by then we'll have some new person. Yeah, I agree. I think like, I think we, I, we might have like, I think the perfect pick is Pac. That could be very good. Pac Moxley. Obviously they Pac have history Mock. there. Put Pac, give him the shot. I think Mo- Moxley, I, I think is gonna be a guy that has the title for a while. Um, it's just a matter of who mm-hmm. gets it off of him. But I think Pac would be the first like pay-per-view level. Also, how match. good does that belt look on Moxley? Oh, so good. That belt just yeah, looks that's good. That's another thing. That's another thing. The women. Speaking of belts, the women's belts need to look better, and we need a mid-card title soon. We've already said these things. Mm-hmm. We've already <laughs> these things have been said. Um, I give this match a three and three fourths meatball out of five, Mikey. I gave this one uh, four meatballs out of five. Yeah, I, for some reason I just didn't necessarily feel the, feel the need to go over to four. I don't know there's some something behind that was just like I wasn't entirely on the four spectrum. I don't know. But... I liked it. I, I thought it was I was really into it. I thought it was good. I thought it was good enough for a four in my eyes. That's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. It just it just didn't. I don't know what it was. Just an entire click for me. Also, I did like the reveal of Moxley being like, "Look, my eye's fine." Yes, gotcha. That was great. That was really good. That was really really good. Um. Okay. Well, that is, of course, that is uh, our show. That is AEW yeah. Revolution. We have booked, not booked. We have what? Well, that's the wrong show. Uh, we, we have reviewed AEW Revolution. We are very much excited for the tonight's card, and we cannot wait to move it on. Of course, the next pay-per-view will be double or nothing, uh, and we'll see what happens. That's not until May, so we got plenty of time until then. Uh, plenty of time, plenty of build. Mikey, uh, where can people find you, or what are you doing? So you could find me on Twitter at, uh, at MikeyM133, and you can uh, follow... The, you could follow this same... Po- you can continue following the same podcast feed, to listen to Mikey's Indie 500 uh, every Saturday, I release an episode. Every well, recently it's been Saturday or Sunday because of reasons. But uh, every weekend, I will release a new episode of Mikey's Indie 500 where I review and am watching 500 independent matches in the year 2020, uh, making my way through the independent scene, learning about new stars, learning about new matches I've never seen before. Uh, and really get really digging my heels into the independent wrestling scene, and I am loving every minute of it. Uh, you could send me those match suggestions to at hit the books pod on Twitter using the hashtag HDB five hundred, or you can send them directly to me on Twitter at Mikey M one thirty three. Awesome! You can also listen to our both of our shows, the flagship show, Hit the Books, um, which comes out every Friday. Um, that show where Mikey and I book our own version of SmackDown on Fox every single week. We book all the promos, the matches, the uh, storylines, the rivalries. We book all those things every single week um, with our own very own roster. 
Uh, we're, we're obviously sizing up for WrestleMania around the corner, so definitely subscribe. It's on the same podcast feed, so we why just not we do just it? got out of the, uh, the the Elimination Chamber rest stop, and we're on we're continuing on the road to WrestleMania. That is correct. Uh, so definitely sit. You know, there's there's so much content on this podcast feed. All you need to do is subscribe. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, definitely check us out on iTunes or wherever you can listen, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, so definitely go subscribe and again follow us on Twitter at Hit the Books Pod. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode, this special reviewing episode of Hit the Books. We'll catch you back around this Friday for the flagship show, Hit the Books, and then Saturday for Mikey's Indy 500. For Mikey, I have been Ryan. Uh, we'll see you all around. Have a nice day. Take it!